Snowball Spark. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now, here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Cow with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. Good Thursday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports right here on 98.1 FM, the Sports Animal. Glad to have you along for the next hour. Thunder. You know, we haven't even mentioned the NBA at any point. The Thunder, it, it really, since what? The draft, maybe? I mean, it's been pretty, it's been a long time ago. Final preseason game is tonight in Tulsa against Detroit. You can hear it right here on these airwaves. 5.30 pregame, 7 o'clock tip for the Thunder and the Pistons. So I thought I'd see what is your interest level in the start of the Thunder season coming up next Wednesday? What are your realistic expectations for the team? What are your thundered up expectations for the team? 44 wins is the over-under in Vegas, I believe, where that seems... It'd be four more than last year. Is this team on the rise? Man, if you start read a bunch of these NBA previews, people around the country are taking notice of what's going on in Oklahoma City. So we can at least mention, I guess, the Thunder here at the end of the show. I'll get to the second half of the fatal flaws for each of the eight remaining unbeatens. We'll kind of recap what we said about the first four which yesterday was North Carolina, Florida State, Oklahoma, and Georgia. We left the Big Ten schools and the Pac-12 lone unbeaten for today. So we can hit that. Major League Baseball playoffs from last night. Oklahoma and Oklahoma State play this week. Did Houston just stay alive, or are they back in this thing? And then, of course, the Diamondbacks have to win tonight to avoid going down 3-0. Against the Phillies, 225-9698 is the phone or the text line. 225-9698. Give us a call, shoot us a text, talk about any of those things, whatever else might be on your mind, feel free to chime in at 225-9698. If you're going to be outside the listening area, a couple ways to stay in touch with the show, log on to kadsam.com or download the app. The app's got it all. Radio, Penny News, Big Elk and Paragon TV. You got the Big Elks and Weatherford on Friday. Then on Paragon TV, Merritt goes to Thomas, and uh, Hollis hosts Balco Forgan. And the Skinny Young Sports podcast is also available everywhere podcast drops. So if you miss a show one day, you can go back and check out what we had to say. How are you today, Jared? Good. Ready for some football tonight. Oh, wait. <clears throat> it's, it's, no, it's, it's actually not, Friday this week. It's, yeah. It's kind of nice to have that extra day to get ready for a broadcast. I mean, really and truly, Jared, you don't get an extra day. What do you mean? Well, we got Friday last week. Mm, you just yeah. don't use it the same. I don't use it. Yeah. I didn't use it, obviously, last week. You know what I'm saying, though? Yeah, I know you get the saying. exact same amount of days. They're just in a way different order. And so, therefore, you don't get as many days because you don't think of it that way. At least I don't. Yeah, I don't I don't start the reset button until Monday. Yeah. You know? But, yeah, it's nice. To, it was nice to wake up and go, oh, yeah, we don't have a game tonight. So yep. very, very nice. 
It'll be tomorrow, back on the Friday nights, as it should be. Very interested in tomorrow's game. Yeah, that's... For, for the obvious reasons, but just, you know, it's always interesting when these two teams tangle. It's hard to tell what's going to happen. And a big part of that is obviously the injury at quarterback for Weatherford. I don't, I don't think you can just go back and watch the second half of that cash game last week and expect that type of performance from Weatherford's offense. That's a, such a tough spot to be thrown into if you're Tyson McSpirit. Mm-hmm. You don't, and, and Coach Roof even said it after the game was over. You know, you, you don't have as many reps, so you don't you're not as familiar with the entirety of the game plan, the entirety of what we're trying to do. And it looks like, I mean, if you just look at the sizes of the guys and you, you know, the I'm not sitting here telling you that McSpirit can't run the football, but I don't think he's nearly the run threat that what Chisholm was. Just because of their I mean, just simply because of their size. You know, Chisholm was like having a third running back in the backfield if you wanted to play it like that, if they wanted to run the two backs with Blackman and Garcia, and then Chisholm was another guy absolutely that could run it. And I think – Kind of like a Gabriel situation. Well, no, no, more like a Sam Ellinger, run you oh, over oh, I got you. type guy. No, way more physical than what you'd say with Gabriel. I mean, same idea, but just way more physical, right? And so – Or the kid from Clinton. Yeah, Sully. Uh, I mean, they, no, they don't – No, no, you, no, the one a couple of years ago, he was – he'd run you over. Yeah, oh, Powell. That's who you're talking about. Uh, Caden Powell, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was physical, and, and I don't think that's what you're going to see, but, you know, what, it, it, limitations in the pass game versus these two, maybe, you know, McSpirit, when you see him throw the ball, it's a good ball. He throws a really good ball, and quite frankly, I mean, the the guys that you think of for Weatherford that you're scared of are more on the outside and not in the backfield, right, with, right. with Nixon and then also Nick Jett. So, it it, it it it's – it's fascinating, fascinating to think of how – like we asked Coach Maynard, and he wasn't going to tell us, obviously. But he, as much as, as much as you know, Weatherford's trying to figure out, you know, what works for them, over here on this side of it, coaching-wise, you're trying – you're, you're – you're really trying to figure out what's going to happen, you know. And, 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 and he kinda and he kind of mentioned maybe we just kind of got to get, you know, get into the game and see how you know, how they play it. it. The problem, the the thing that scares you about that uh, from from this side of that game, from the Elk City side, is with the way that Weatherford can play defense, the way they have played defense. As you're trying to figure that out, if you know if the Eagles hit a big play or two. Can they get out to where it's just you can't catch back up? You know, a couple of scores, I, I anticipate this being a close game. You know, and it been a big play here. I'm, I'm scared to death of Jets' ability in the, in the kicking game to change the game. I mean, even, you know, you could see a situation. I can definitely see a scenario where the Elks play great defense, you know, Weatherford struggles a little bit to figure out kind of, you know, the offensive, offensive, you know, wise to get things going and figure things out. But, you know, a short field or two or a, a touchdown return kind of negates some of that if Jet's able to really be a, a difference in the kicking game. Yeah. Yeah, limit their skill players, and it could be a defensive juggernaut type of game. 
Right. And, you know, that's what they want to do to Elk City, too. Limit the, limit the, the big plays and the skill players, skill position. So, what I think is underrated, and I don't want to give too much away, but I, I really like our ability to throw it downfield when called upon. Versus last year, it's not even close. As being better? Yes. Yeah. 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 To be able to just get it to the outside. Because I think the common misconception is when you're a run-oriented team, you're doing it because you can't throw. Where that's not, I don't think the case. I don't think that's the case. I think that's the mentality of this team and how it's built. And coach talked about that is is physically we want to beat you up front. We want to beat you. We want to f- be more physical than you. And so that maybe that's why we see that offense. And maybe I'm reading between the lines too much. But 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 I, again, I like the ability to throw it downfield. Well, know? but it's it's not even just being able to make a big play. You know, there, we we saw last year and in, in in this game specifically, the Elks being able to make one big play through the air, and it was the holder that long one on like third and twenty five before halftime, right? Oh it, yeah, yeah, long touchdown. touchdown, yeah, long long touchdown pass, and and the Elks have had the ability the last two years to do that to hit the big ones to to Caden uh, back the week the year before either Mason or Drake, you know, you could hit big plays. I think the difference this year is the Elks have the ability on a third and four to pick up 10 yards through the air. You know what I'm saying? Sure, yeah. And and I don't know how much that was available to them the last couple of years. The big play, sure. And and maybe even two years ago, flipping one out to Drake and making him, you know, planning on him getting one guy to miss and, and being able to pick up a first down was there. I think that's what you've got a lot with Bowie, and, and but even you know the connection that it feels like he and Logan have. It's like they know where each other is going to be. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so I think those, you know, it it felt like on third and four a year ago, it was 26 twice to pick up a first down. Right mm-hmm. this year, it yep. seems like there there is that ability to pick it up through the air. <clears throat> and not have to just grind it and grind it and grind it. And I think that's to me, yeah. You make plays down the field. You can make, you can hit the home run still in, in some ways, but like throws to to continue drives are the to me the big difference. Now, on the other side, I mean, it's it's. I mean, I expect <clears throat> I expect Weatherford to absolutely have eight nine. In the box, mm-hmm. most every play, don't you? Yeah, for Elk City to maybe do that, or oh yeah, uh, the thing that you see though in that when you have that many people that close to the, line, to the line of scrimmage, if it gets blocked up, the ability to make big plays in the run game is there. You know what I mean? Because uh-huh. there's not a lot behind that initial wave. Yeah, of you get through that first. Yeah, you get into that linebacker area. And then you never know what can happen. Yeah, and we slip a tackle and you could be gone. We've seen Reese be able to make monster plays through mm-hmm. on the ground. We've seen uh, Tucker Garza be able to make monster plays on the ground. Um, it's it it is that it's funny because it seems like it's strength on strength when Elk City has the ball. Mm-hmm. It's run O against run D and smash mouth. I think that it's going to be people are going to be hitting each other. The question mark is when Weatherford has the ball. If McSpirit 
you know, like I said, he throw when you see the when you see the ball coming out of his hand, it's a pretty ball. It's yeah. a good ball. And if you know, I, I, no nobody's really just lined up and ran it down the Elks throat outside of let's say Carl Albert with Robinson. And even then, you know, it took a few downs in certain, you know, series to be able to get going. But nobody's just sat there and pound him. Clinton had over 200 yards on, you know, however many carry. I mean, their, their per carry wasn't great, but they ran, they had the ball enough to where they end up running it for a bunch of yards. But the pass defense is the one thing that if there's a weakness, that would be the scary thing to me. And, and if maybe that's where McSpirit turns out to be even a better option than what they would have had to take advantage of that with those guys on the outside. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but it's – I can't wait. Got to be a good game. It's going to be nice weather, looks like. Yeah. Nice and warm. Yeah, late October, you can't ask for better weather. And then when the sun goes down and it's going down earlier and earlier, I mean, you say warm, maybe warm for half a quarter. And that sun gets behind us, we'll, we'll, we'll have some nice Yeah, but it'll nice be like temperature. 60. I'll take I'll <clears throat> 65. Take yeah. Okay, I know you're just you're you're filibustering here because you don't want to talk about the Rangers. I said Rangers in 7, so this is kind of <laughs> falling right into plan, right? So, did uh did Houston just save their season or are they back in the series? I kind of feel like, well, to answer that question, they're back in the series. Most definitely. It's still Houston. I was saying that yesterday. But they're still Houston. They're capable of, of coming alive, and they did yesterday with, what, 12 hits? Yeah, something Yeah, like 12 that. hits. So it, they're 100% still in this thing. Uh, I think the, the, the question of should they or shouldn't they have thrown Scherzer was answered quickly. It, it, it gave you pause to bring a guy back off an of injury and get in his first game back is game three in the ALCS. So he could either be really, really good or we get what we got. And I'm not saying he's a bum. I think he needed that game. And if you can go back, answer back to him later. <clears throat> yeah, it might hopefully, help. Hopefully later. Weird weird enough, it might help for later. Right. That's what I'm Later on at. in the series, yeah. yeah. I had, and I had buddies text me and said, well, Jared, you said yesterday it might be good for them to lose. Well, that doesn't really give me solace, but <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and I was thinking, well, I did say in seven. But the Ranger fan in me wanted him to win. And there was hope there with a little bit. I mean, Josh Young did everything he could. And, you know, the bats came alive, but just too late. And when you go to the bullpen, you're going to get what you get. So um, it's all right. I mean, it's a setback, but uh, Houston's definitely in it. I don't think in my – if you put the Jim Traber truth serum in me, I don't think I would have told you that they were ever out of it. And I think I said that yesterday. I said, this is still Houston. They're very capable of, of – um, taking care of business and it's just my hope that the rangers can take care of the next two and finish this thing at home before having to go back into that hornet's nest of of uh minute made so we'll see what happens uh, um, Austin, uh is it heaney today andrew heaney against your kitty and this is heaney i don't can't even remember last time he is pitched they hadn't needed him with how these series have played out and the, and the timing you can go to Montgomery of all day, and then so he pitched three point two <clears throat> or three and two thirds innings at some point here in the playoffs. Some point, 
him. Two hits, a walk, and a strikeout, no runs. Be interesting. He could be really on or give up some hits. It was in the Orioles. It was in the game one of the Orioles series, the 3 2 win. Gotcha. Where he had uh, three and two thirds, two hits. He did give up a run. I'm sorry. He didn't give up a home run. He gave up one run, walked one, and struck out one. I said yesterday I thought I thought who won last night was going to win the series. I'll, I'm going to stay with that. Uh, Houston is just – Houston is this – I don't know if era because these two teams are fairly close in time. But if you think back to the, the beginning of – in 1996, the Jeter Yankees, Houston is that battle-tested, just like those Yankees teams were in the late 90s through 2010 with Jeter, Posada, Rivera, all, you know, those names, it's the same names, right? Mm -hmm. A lot like this Houston team with, you know, Altuve and and Verlander's been there for a bunch of it. Jordan Alvarez, it looks like he had, it's like the ball, the the baseball is a beach ball size right now because it just seems like he crushes it every time he's up there. What's it saying? Tavares made an unbelievable play last night. But for as much as, as Houston seemed to dominate that game, I mean, Brantley makes that running catch in left field on Garcia, or it's 5-3, and the Rangers have at least a double there. You know, so it, it wasn't it wasn't like they, they were down 5 nothing, but like you said, they, they made it interesting for sure. But the, Houston is just that until I see him die, I'm not ever going to believe they're going to die. You know, and, you, mm-hmm. and you're going to – you're gonna have to beat them. They are not kind of like that monster in a horror movie. Yes, you're not, yeah, this movie is too early to be over. <laughs> That's it right. Can't be yeah. dead. That's yeah, only an hour in. There's no Wait way. Wait a dead. minute. That's the way. And you and here's just like those in the horror movies. You have to kill them multiple times. <laughs> you have to chop the head <laughs> yes, off. Yes. Yes. Get out of the house. Call the cops. Do something. <laughs> yes. So, uh, in in Houston. You mentioned going back home. Listen, they have been a way better road team than they have at home. <laughs> it's, like, it's weird, right? I was thinking about that, too. I was like, do I really – maybe it's not a bad thing if this thing goes back to Houston. <laughs> I mean – Maybe it's not a bad thing for the Rangers to have this thing go back. I mean, obviously, you'd rather win in five and not have to mess with it because, yeah. I mean, you know what? You killed them. Wow. But I, I don't think – I mean, I, I don't think going back to Houston would be like going back to Philly – at least right now, in this in this time and space, it doesn't seem like Houston is. I mean, they're not. I mean, Jesus, no, almost nobody's been Philly at home the way that they've just mashed it. Oh, by the way, let's see if anybody was listening yesterday and paying attention, because last night Altuve joined two other players with his tenth LCS home run. Do you remember who the other two are? Tied now for second all time. Ramirez. No, he's one. He was, one, he was <laughs> yeah, number he one. He was number one. No. Kyle Schwarber. Schwarber, of course. And Albert Pujols. Pujols. And then I also saw another graphic that Altuve has hit the second most postseason home runs of all time with twenty five. Isn't that crazy? Man, he's he's having a heck of a Heck of a year. I mean, he's he's he did that last night. I hear he's going to be in the new Wonka movie coming up in December. What a career. 25 postseason home runs. 
You know who's number one on that list with 28? No. Manny Ramirez. Ah, there it is. You know, the the, the one thing that's kind of crazy about this is if, as you say, you know, the, the, the buzzers and the hitting the trash cans and all, that only happens at Minute Maid, right? Does it? Well, I mean, how can you explain the fact that they're such a great road team if the cheating is the only reason that they're winning games? Have they figured some? I mean, are they have they hacked into the clo- closed caption TV feed for the Rangers? I wouldn't hold it past them. Actually, twenty nine for Manny, twenty five for Altuve, twenty nine for Manny. I hate all the t- game time today. All time postseason home runs again at night. Well, it's four o'clock. No. Oh, no, the Phillies no. are four. I yeah. apologize. Yeah, it's a night game. I got those turned around. Never mind. So on a scale of one to ten, ten being, oh, we're done. One being, we're winning these next two. Where are you at? If you had texted me right after the game, I would have said <laughs> ten. One, or <laughs> no, ten. Ten. <laughs> ten being, yeah. I was texting. I was like, I hate baseball. This is, <laughs> I hate Start the thunder season. That's good. <laughs> After sleeping on it, and there's some good points from from uh, the text line. It, you take out like one bad inning, the three run inning from Scherzer. It's not as bad as it as it looked. Scherzer was was not good. So, you know, I guess I'm going through a stages of mourning of a loss. But I, I, I'm around a. Um, how do I feel? Like their chances. Mm-hmm. Is that the question? One being the most confident, or yeah, I'd say I'm not at fifty percent. About I'm at like at a four. So because there's still two more games. So sixty. In so sixty forty. Rangers still win the series. Yeah. Where were we at yesterday? About ninety ten. I was feeling real good. Yeah, yeah. I was feeling really good. Really good. Yeah, I mean. I feel like even even the pass ball or the wild pitch, whatever that happened, I think Young makes that play at third on the next pitch 95% of the time on the ball that Maldonado hit out into left field for two for, to, that scored two. Mm-hmm. You know, I think mm-hmm. I think most times that's an out and it's one nothing, and then the game is completely different. I don't think it was as bad for Rangers fans as it as it seemed. Uh, what about tonight or this afternoon in Arizona? The Diamondbacks. See, see so, to me. So now that the, me, the Diamondbacks are headed to the gentleman's sweep. You think they're going to drop one here? I think the Diamondbacks are going to win one game, and the Phillies close it out in five. I mean, I mean, you think Phillies are going to drop one here? And maybe not tonight. Maybe tomorrow, or maybe not this afternoon. Maybe tomorrow. But I, I think Arizona gets one game. I hate. Okay, so now I really hate this time for for Diamondback fans. You got a Thursday. So what time is it in Arizona? Two. Two o'clock. Two o'clock. I hope they fill their stadium up. I don't. I'm not saying they're, you know, like, they're like Tampa Bay. They have always been a really good, really good. You think about those teams in the early early 2000s. Oh yeah, yeah. The place was a snake pit. Yeah, with um, um, with the unit and Schilling and all them. Council. That's the name I was thinking about. Yeah, Craig Council. Okay, yeah. Now the so, manager of my Brewers. Right. I. It, it almost feel like this favors Phillies because it's not I don't know, they might like to be prime time under the lights. Yeah, but think about but, them. For them it's like eleven AM. 
body clock. That is true. No, that no, no. I went the wrong way. If it's two, two it's five. It's, Never mind. It's yeah, five it's, it's later in the I day. I went the wrong way. Yeah, and they've had a day to travel. They're, I don't think that matters. But you know, when you get in the stadiums, I know your body clock kind of. You get in those stadiums like you don't know what t- it's like a casino at time. You don't know what time it is. When I went to that game this summer, last summer, this year down in Arlington, it was a day game. The whole time, I mean, even though the roof was closed and mm-hmm. there was big windows and everything, it still felt like a night game. And when I left, it was still sunshine. Yeah, outside. and then you go out, it's like, oh, did it's I like, uh, stay all night long? Know, games are games. Who who cares when they t- play? But yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I Phillies, though, man, they just. Would it shock you if they come out in the first inning and just get a couple of homers? No. And then it sets the tone, and then the Diamondbacks are going, here we go again. Yeah, absolutely not. It would not shock me. And I think that's might what happened again. Maybe not the first inning, but early in the game. That seems like how they do it. They punch you first, and they do not let up. But being in Arizona absolutely helps. Yeah, it ought to. I just think the Diamondbacks are – they're going to get one, and then that's going to be the end of it. And they'll wait, see how long this other series goes. I think, you know, today or this evening tell a lot um, about exactly how long. I'll go bold statement be. here. I'll say this. Who wins today between the Astros and Rangers will win the series. That's my statement. That's what I think. I know what you thought last night. This is what I, I think. If Rangers win, give it to them. I think they, they, they'll take it. Yeah, it'd be hard to come back. 3-1, that, be hard to come back That's an easy from. statement to make, I know. But, but uh, I that so we got talk about must-wins for the Astros last night. Then I think this is a must-win for the Rangers. You got a phone call? No, I don't know oh. what's going on here. Oh. It's popping off there. Anyhow. If we did, it would go straight to voicemail anyway. Um yeah, I, I just I don't know if it, last night felt like a, a, a changing time, and but maybe that's just the last gasp of a proud, proud franchise. And they've been, they have been, they, they're as battle tested as anybody since D, since the Jeter Yankees, and that's why, you know. But you know what else? You know what happened to the Jeter Yankees? Eventually, it was over. Yeah, it ends. It all comes to an end at some point. Yep, I certainly hope the Astros come up short. (laughs) I get it. Those jokes were running wild on Sunday night when he was trying to run back to first. (laughs) Uh, His legs were too short to (laughs) miss the base. It's 98.1 FM, the sports animal, hanging out here on a Thursday morning. In the, what do we call this? The color is that uh magenta like burgundy i don't know what is that the i don't know what this is carpet on the walls it's like some sort of somewhere in between what depends on you know if i do that somewhere in between purple and red i I wonder what the original color was this how long has this been up here judging by the shagginess of it i'm going to say the 80s How do you clean this? You put a vacuum cleaner on here? Oh, it's on wild. the wall? I would think so. Like your attachment? Shop vac? I don't know. Yeah, this needs a cool nickname. Call it CADS. In CADS. That's not CADS. Cool. It doesn't really roll off the tongue. Doesn't. CADS. Sounds Think like a sounds like a disease you don't want. Sorry, son, you got CADS. <laughs>
<laughs> Darn it. I was thinking it sounds I was, like a... I was safe. It sounds like a candy dispenser. <laughs> what were those Pez? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right, so yesterday we got into the fatal flaws of the remaining Power Five undefeateds. We went through four of them, and it worked out that we left the Big Ten teams and the one Pac-12 team for today. Uh, real quick, I think both of us kind of agreed yesterday, North Carolina defense, pass defense, and then perception. You had the ACC's perception, North Carolina's perception. I dug a little deeper in some here. Okay. Well, you got something for them? Where, who you got? No, for the remaining teams. Oh, okay, so. okay. Uh, Florida State, their ground game is a little sketchy. They hit home runs, but they, they, they have a hard time. OU, obviously, ground game. Um, and also sacking the quarterback to get pressure, but got to be able to bring him down. And then Georgia – the Brock Bowers injury is top of mind, obviously, and then I, you know, the history of the thing goes against them, considering that it just hasn't happened, right? I mean, back to back to back national champions just hasn't happened, right? So, I look here. Yeah, I was with you on the Georgia tight end. Who else did we talk about? OU. The, uh, uh, OU. I said run blocking, mm-hmm. or narrowing it down to run blocking. And Florida State and North Carolina, just being in the ACC, it, it has that feeling of when OU is dominating the Big 12 and then they get into the playoff and lose that game. That perception there is 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 not good. Is that all who we talked about? Is that it? Florida State and UNC. I just said that. Okay. <clears throat> I was reading Sam's text. He watched the video of Scherzer's, like, fake game that said he was ready, and he was only throwing about 80%. Huh. So maybe he wasn't quite ready. I don't know. I think it could be a blessing in disguise later on down the line to get him out there. And you just bought time for Montgomery. And oh, sure. And, you know, I mean, you're not going to throw him on, but you see what I'm saying. No, you got fifth game five, which may be the pivotal game in the entire series. Montgomery should be back fall day for a either slam the door shut or keep your season alive game six. Yeah, I think. I mean, that sets up how you want it, and then all hands on deck in Game Seven. One of them might be him. Okay, so let's start. Uh, let's start with Washington, and then we'll hit the Big Ten schools back to back to back. So Washington coming off that win, thirty six thirty three over Oregon. What did you see, or what what could be their fatal flaw? The rest of the season. Well, this is where I dug into some numbers. I um. Obviously, the offense is potent, especially with Penix Jr. and what he can do throwing the football downfield. But I think a balanced offense is in question. They ranked 107th in team rushing. That's a flaw. We see that we've seen that a lot as OU fans, where we've seen some really good offenses. I mean, I'm even going back to the Stoops days, and you look up the scoreboard and you're looking at the the team stats. Like, man, we really need to rush the ball better. That's going to get us later on. Could get Washington. It could be a flaw for them. Again, ranked 107th. I mean, Baylor rushes the ball as a team better than them. Buffalo rushes a, uh, the ball better than them. They average just four and a half yards per rush, 119 yards per game. So that's my flaw. But they did, they have scored 13 touchdowns on the ground, but I bet a lot of that was within the five or something like that inside the red zone. Yeah, it's weird to watch that game because it felt like they could run it a little bit against Oregon. Mm-hmm. But then you started looking, and it was like, whoa. When you look in the stats of their rushing game, it's been terrible. Uh, I went with I went on the defensive side of it, and it's the 
and I think we saw this play out in the positive way for them. And they've been giant. They, they've been a really, really bend don't break type defense. And that's exactly how they won that game. Yeah. Stop. You know the three fourth down stops, but eventually you break. And you look at them, their sack rate, they're 131st in the country. There's only 132 teams. So that's next to last in sack rate. They only force a three and out. Uh, they're 94th in the country in forcing three and outs. Eventually, that catches up with you, no matter how good that offense is. And I actually saw it compared to LSU 2019. Stop it. Stop. Yeah, that it. was uh, Herbie, I think, doing that. It was. That. It, it, stop it. Come on. Anyway, okay. okay, I'll tell you what. If you're that, then it doesn't matter what your defense is. It can bend. Hell, it can break, and you'll still outscore people. I just, there's just too I, – I just think there's too many good offenses in the Pac-12 for that style to work. They're going to have to improve on a couple of those numbers in order to get out of there uh, unscathed or even with one loss. Right, let's go to the Big Ten. Let's start with the two teams that play this week with Penn State and Ohio State. Um, Penn State has looked the part. They've been dominant. Um, I've got the, the question has to be centered around the quarterback. And can Drew Aller make plays? against really good teams. He's only he's only thrown eight passes over 20 yards downfield the entire season. He's going to have to – he might have to throw eight on Saturday to beat Ohio State. Ohio State's been great, not giving up big plays, by the way. Uh, so, But that, to me, is we've got to see Drew Aller be able to make plays in the pass game down the field. Dink and dunk eventually doesn't work. By the way, you know who they're – Offensive coordinator is? Mike Yersich. Mike, yeah. Familiar name. Penn State, let's go with um, – again, I really dug deep for this. I didn't think about that angle, though. I don't even know who their quarterback's name was. That's kind of how much I paid attention to Penn State or the rest of the nation. You don't hear their names being mentioned with Heisman contenders or anything like that, but here they are. Uh, they rank 128th in red zone defense. If you get in the red zone against Penn State, you're liable to score. How they, many times has that happened? Well, let me finish. That's I just a wondering. thousand percent. If uh, teams that have gotten in the red zone have scored on them a thousand percent, but that's only been seven times. I was so. say they've only given, <laughs> I mean, they've given up 48 points, so it can't be a ton. I almost put penn state in the category of flawless because i could not find a stat to to really rip them apart there they seemed really balanced I, I didn't think of that downfield but have they really had the just to, to counterpoint what you said have they had the need to go downfield as much well the, the know, best in, thing because sometimes situations in games don't call for it but you like to see it sure it's flashy and, and and you know it's in your back pocket and you have the ability to do it when needed but have they needed to do that they've won their games pretty i mean outside I mean, west virginia gave them a little bit of a battle west virginia was a, in it was a four quarter game yeah i mean that was a close game and then they pulled away at the end um the best team they played is iowa and they beat them 31 to nothing there you go so 
And it probably and, was not flashy doing it. You don't have to against Iowa. That's right. I mean, yeah, they it was <clears throat> So I yeah, it's 31-15. I, I mean, that's not 31-15 with three and a half to go. So not really. I mean, it's 31 to 7 with 7 minutes to go yeah. in the fourth quarter. So they they controlled that one better than I remember. I guess you probably look up if you're watching another game, you see 31-15 in the fourth quarter, you're thinking, "Hmm." And that was when it and that was also when everybody thought West Virginia might be the worst team in the Big 12. Right. They, so that, that they, probably put up the, the warning signs a little bit more than it should have at the time. Like, oh, wait a minute, you're only beating West Virginia 31 to 15? Yeah, they've, they've made up for that. Turns out West Virginia's probably better than we thought way back then because that was week one, that first Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Um, that You're right. I, listen, <clears throat> talk about Penn State not having any flaws. There's another team on here that it's hard to find one, too. It's not Ohio State, though. <laughs> what do you got for Ohio State? Well, you go first. Rush Those offense. Are- um, which is really weird because Travion Henderson has been a, a – God, it seems like he's been there a while. But he's been kind of in and out of the lineup. They they really haven't been able to settle on uh, a, a running back rotation or they've just had guys in and out of the lineup. They last, last week they went all the way down to like their fourth or fifth guy with injuries and guys not being able to play. Um, 59th in, in rushing success rate, which is the – uh, rushes for more than four yards. They're 59th in the country. I'm probably still not sold on Kyle McCord as the quarterback, even though all we've seen him do in the, in, in the one game that I know everybody watched Ohio State play was lead them down the field at the end against Notre Dame and make that huge third down throw um, down to like the one that set up the game-winning touchdown. We know about the we- I mean, the weapons on the outside – are second to none in the country for Ohio State and for Kyle McCord. So that probably, maybe that negates his lack of experience or his lack of of big moments so far in his career because of, of what, you know, Marvin Harrison and, you know, the Egbuka injury. We'll see. You know, he didn't play last week. He was a big part of that. I mean, he's the one that made that catch against Notre Dame. He didn't play against Purdue. Maybe that was precautionary to make sure he's okay for this week. But shockingly enough, and, and I don't, this hadn't been a question we've really had about Ohio State in a long time, but it seems like the questions I've got more offensive than defensive. They don't seem like they have much of a, they seem questionable, kind of some slow starts. And, and I'll pivot into that. I think they, they need to stop being a, it feels like the, the slow starts I think can get them, and I'm but I'm looking at the numbers. I say slow starts, and I was like, okay, let's look at this. Let's break this down. Like, and I even wrote it down yesterday as being a second half team. You can't, you know, Notre Dame, a good example of that. Uh, they kind of slow start against Maryland. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, we're watching probably the game of the year, and, and you look over and like, just, oh, Ohio State's kind of struggling with Maryland right now, right? And then they pulled away. <clears throat> mm-hmm. uh, they demolished Purdue, but. Uh, that being said, you can't rely on luck and slow starts all the time. And the competition is just going to get better with um, their upcoming schedule. Obviously, Michigan, the big game on the on their schedule. Um, and of course, Penn State. But I mean, I'm, I'm not giving them. I'm not giving Wisconsin, Rutgers, Michigan State, or Minnesota a chance against them. Rutgers ain't bad. But you never know if you keep playing with fire, and it is at Rutgers. And it is at Wisconsin. 
you know, Wisconsin's looking for that marquee win. That could be a trap game for them coming after the Penn State game. I mean, there's not a bye week or nothing. So if they sl- keep starting slow, a good team's going to find a way to get a 10, 14-point lead and then answer yeah, just score once. for score. Yeah, right, right. So that's my flaw in them is that – and it kind of – with the your worries about their offense, it kind of falls in the same category. they got to start faster. Yeah, they only allow – they only rush for 135 yards a game. That's not a lot. That is not Ohio State that's, football. That's, doesn't seem – not a lot, not a lot. All right, the, the team that I thought it was the hardest to find a flaw in is Michigan. Our final undefeated. Me too. They're, I copped out on it. But they're, they're one of only two teams – in America, with top five scoring offenses and defenses, you know who the other one is? Oklahoma? It is. Michigan hasn't given up more than 10 in a game all season long. Um, J.J. McCarthy is is a better quarterback than I think we've seen in the Harbaugh time at Michigan. So the – and I stole this from Bill Connolly, Connolly a little bit, and it also kind of tied down to here, even though the, this player. But being able to make sure you can make a play on the outside, who's going to do it? I wonder how much they, they would have liked to have had Andrew Anthony, which obviously now nobody has him. But you know, it's, seeing what he did at Oklahoma in the short amount of time and, and the threat that he was, it would make you think, well, Michigan's got all these. They must be loaded at receiver. Yeah. Not really. Not especially. You know? So, when it comes down to somebody that can stand up to them, I mean, they're, let's be honest, their schedule hasn't been the greatest by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, if, what, Minnesota's the best team you played? You really haven't played anybody yet. But. Well, that Rutger team you mentioned, they beat them 31-7. to Right. And they've been they, but that's the thing. They haven't played a great schedule, but they have dominated everybody. By the time they've beaten the, teams, by, they should beat they, and and beat them bad. They should dominate their in-state rival, Michigan State, this week. They're a mess. They Purdue's not good. I mean, here's these numbers. Two of their last three, th- actually, their last three might be their toughest three games of the year. Yeah, at Penn State, at Maryland, Ohio State. I think that's hundred percent right. But here's here, listen to these numbers: twenty-seven, twenty-eight, twenty-five. 24, uh, 38, 42, and 45. You know what those are? Say it again. 27, 28, 25, 24, 38, 42, and 45. First half scoring. Now, that's how many they've won by. Oh, okay. So they've dominated. I mean, it's what they have dominated uh, the, the opponents they played. And they do. I, I just, they seem like it's. I haven't pulled the trigger to put them number one yet. I've been wanting to. I might have actually done it before. You know what? I think I did one week before. Uh, before Georgia then beat the crap out of Kentucky, I put Georgia back to number one once they actually beat a good team. But so far, it feels like Michigan has been the best team, the most complete team out there. In college football, yeah, with their performances, yeah, I'm just waiting for them to be tested. That's what I wrote down. They're untested, yeah, and I think that's a flaw, and that's not their fault. They, they're in the Big Ten. They're that's a schedule that was given to them. Maybe they could have scheduled better in the non-con. East Carolina, 
Las Vegas and Bowling Green. Maybe. Yeah, they could have. Yeah. I mean, but, and you know what? They're going to. I think they play Oklahoma State next year. And then is it, OU, once Ponta, isn't OU's OU coming up, is, too. is on that schedule. Yes. That hasn't shaken up since the conference not realignment yet. stuff. Not yet. Not yet. I. Yeah. I think it's... I think it's OSU next year, and then OU the two after that, maybe. Right, but maybe, I, I maybe wrote, it's OU in twenty. I wrote down untested as as a flaw. Uh, they they got to test. They should have tested themselves maybe early in the year. And I don't know if that could, if maybe that that means if they lose one of those last three games that we think is the toughest of, then the committee can go. They're out. It'll be interesting to You'd see. You have nothing to hang your hat on. <clears throat> It'll be interesting to see that how nitpicky things get if some of these teams from some of these other conferences start to actually lose the games. And it will happen. Everything's going to start shaking out here in the next few weeks. Also, their marketing department needs some work because their quarterback's really good. And that's another 25. guy. Another guy no one's really talking about. 2025 in Norman. Oh, that'd be fun, man. That'd be a fun one. I think, 25. That's coming up in a couple of years. It's quicker than you think. I think. I, God, I think they may play OSU next year. Like next year in 27. This second. Efforting. Okay, here's the question. If I said, okay, Jared, one of these teams ends up unbeaten, who is it? Of the eight remaining? Yep. Going into the playoff. Un- unbeaten going into the playoff. Well, the the safe bet with zero to little return is Georgia. That's my answer. How about you? I Just because I base it off the schedule. Yeah, that's why I would be. <laughs> that, that's why it's easy for me to say that. Just Texas. They play Texas next year. Michigan? Michigan. Oh, that'd be fun, too. They have Oklahoma State coming up. Yeah, I'm ch- and, you know, Florida State's a good answer that came from the text line, again, because of their schedule. See, that's why I would say Oklahoma. Wait, schedule. Wait, going into the playoff? No, yep. Oklahoma's got to win one game. And that's if Texas makes it. Yeah, I'm full of That's it. That's no guarantee. They is don't it? play Michigan. I wish you did. I know they play uh, Alabama, but anyway. Yeah, that's no guarantee. That's why I mean, it's why if you look, there's you, some tougher games on Tech's schedule than OU's. Well, heck yeah. When you look at the, that's why when you look at these predictors of making the playoff, OU is far and away number one right now, the, with the best percent chance. They're looking because at the, of the schedule. Coming, yeah. yeah. Far and away, and who's to say if the Pac-12 starts beating up on each other, these Big Ten teams start beating up on each other? Who's to say that that Big 12 title game even matters with OU's chances to get into the playoff? I would love. We saw it, it last year. Yeah, I would love it if it mattered who's getting what seed in the playoff. That, that's what happened last year. Well, I meant like OU and Texas. Oh, well, yeah. Kind of like an SEC title game, but it's an OU-Texas. Like, like, okay, this is a matter for one or four. Like two years ago yeah. when Alabama beat Georgia. Right. Wrapping up Thursday here on the show with a topic we really hadn't had much of. How thundered up are you? Are you th- You'd have to be 
pretty dang excited compared to last year and getting Chet. Do we say back? We're <laughs> getting him for the first time. Yeah. In a, in a game that matters coming up next week. And then, of course, everything we've seen with SGA and, and all that. So, Heck, I'm excited to see him playing in games that don't matter. We didn't even get to see that last year. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Now we got a 0.0 on the text line. Hey, here's the deal. I'm not. I think my, my interest in the Thunder really doesn't have much to do with the start of the season. It has to do with, I mean, we'll have to, you know, pay attention to at least what's happening and how it's going or whatever. But the, I, I think it's more for, you know, when football's over and it's time to really start paying attention to the Thunder, right? Um, gosh, there's there's some wild stuff. I, there, the the next three year rankings came out Seen yesterday that. on yeah. ESPN. It's crazy. Uh, and the Thunder were number three. It was like a twenty spot jump from twenty. Last year. Yeah, they went from twenty three to three. Crazy. Um, a bunch of that is SGA's improvement. A bunch of that is Jalen Williams, uh, Santa Clara, Jalen Williams, and, and what he showed, and then Chet being healthy and yeah. and playing and man, showing some good things. Dude, Chet looks awesome. <laughs> he looks that play he made on defense the other night against Lillard. Where he blocked a shot from out by the three-point. That was so awesome. Now, we could probably also look at highlights where he was on the post against Giannis and just got bullied over, and that's going to happen. Listen, there, there's going to be there's going to be so many of those memes out there throughout the season of somebody running through Chet and dunking or whatever, but that's not what he is. It's not. Are they going to try to make the the Chet Wimbamnana? Oh yeah. Are they going to make that like that's the next rivalry? Oh yeah. Already started. Individual. Ver- I love it. I love it. And here's it. what's I crazy. Think it's great. When they played here, it doesn't seem like those two like each other. Chet was asked if they have a relationship. He said no. Which is kind of odd in the NBA right now. Yeah. Even you I know, was wondering if they're going to try to turn it into maybe not to this magnitude, but like a Magic versus Bird. Yeah, it won't type be to of, that. I mean, they're not a. There's not a, a a kumbaya rivalry as they had. You know, they l- respected each other. But I wonder if we'll see that. You know, because they kind of like the Durant Lebron thing's kind of going away. Well, Jared, one of the national TV games right here off the bat for the Thunder is. Oklahoma City mm-hmm. versus San Antonio. Yep. So yeah, I mean, th- there's no doubt that's going to be attempted. Now we'll see, you know, how exactly to what extent that gets to grow. I mean, if we end up seeing Western Conference Finals between the Thunder and the Spurs, like we did. Well, golly, how many times? 11, 12, no, 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 no. 12, 14, 16 wasn't it. 16 was a semifinal. Was it just twice? God, it seemed like more than that. It seemed like a lot, and they'd always get down 0-2 and then come back. Or at least twice that happened. 16 was when the Spurs won 66, and then the Thunder beat them in the semifinals before the Golden State series. Right. 14, they beat the, the Spurs, won the Western Conference Finals. 12, obviously the Thunder did. So I guess it was just twice. Man, it seemed like more than that. 
No, but. I'm excited. I, I but it, it's going to take me because there's so much going on. Obviously, I'm fully enthralled with with postseason baseball. Oklahoma undefeated, OSU resurgent a little bit. There's a lot going on right now. There is. I mean, there, I, there I tried the other day to sit down and I forgot, but you can watch a lot of hockey if you have ESPN Plus. And I, you know, I like Edmonton, and I, and I just forgot because I found a college random college football game on. It's it's my attention is kind of elsewhere. Yeah. But when we start <clears throat> getting more into the season, and then it goes into the argument of. Is the NBA season too long? Are they starting it at the wrong time of year? Do I don't need th- to shorten the season, do the Christmas Day tip-off? That here? should be the start of it. I'll never – you'll never convince me otherwise that the NBA season shouldn't start December 25th on Christmas Day and then shorten the season down to – I think it – oh, gosh, how many teams are there? Is it is it thirty or thirty two? I feel like thirty. It's thirty. Okay, so all right, stay with me here. So you play thirty. So the West, which is what the Thunder are, you play thirty games against the East, home and away, each team, all fifteen. So that's thirty games. You play three against your um, division. So that's twelve. So that's forty two. Yeah, 62 games. And then you play two, then you play home and away with everybody in your conference that's not in your division. 62 games, starting December 25th. And then you know what you get? You You, get the summer. Right. I I was going to say you'd get less resting. Well, you you get the the summertime. Yeah. You, you, You own... The NBA playoffs starting in late May or June, running through the end of July. Guess what? And then it ends at the perfect time, about to, about the time football's about to kick, get really serious. The NBA's done. It's pretty simple. Just there's too much money left at the table, chopping off twenty games. Oh and yeah, that, that's why it's yeah. never going to happen. But I'm pretty thundered up. Uh, just to, to see. I mean it. I guess it it's probably makes me more thundered up just because I I can remember what happened last time. By last time, I mean a young team starting mm-hmm. to kind of find their way. The same trajectory, absolutely. I mean, Feels we'll that see. Way. Feels that way. We'll see. But it's hard to remember coming off the 2010 season in which they went from 29 wins the first year to 50 in the playoffs the year they got beat by the, the Lakers in 2010. It's hard to remember back then exactly what everybody thought. Uh, and what, what, what was the ceiling of Durant and Westbrook and Harden? Was Harden even a thing yet? I mean, it felt to me like Ibaka was the thing in, the, in that playoff run, the playoff the series against – no, against the Lakers. Was Harden a thing? I can't remember. It didn't seem like it. Now, the next year, Harden became a thing in 2011 for sure. That San Antonio series, no doubt. You know, but yeah. I, I don't. It's it's hard to remember. Right? I mean, what what were those guys? We we know what they became now. Mm-hmm. So it, it's 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 harder to sit here and go, oh yeah, well they're going to do what that team did, or maybe more. Yeah, that team had three Hall of Famers. 
Yeah. But I don't know if anybody was saying that in well, back then in, in 2011. Saying, Durant were, for sure, and then yeah. we'll see what Harden and, and Westbrook really are. I think that what they were saying, if they stick together, there's chances of multiple titles here because of their youth. There was definitely that talk. Before they went to the Western Conference Finals against Dallas or after it was, 2011? It was, it was around that after what happened in 11, right? <clears throat> yeah. the Western Conference Finals. It was the, hey, this is a great story when they played L.A. in that first round. Look at the jump that they made, and they continued that. And then that's yes. talk of, man, this is uh, they keep getting better and better. We're, we're talking titles here. We're yeah. talking multiple titles with this young core here. Yeah, we're a year away from that in this mm-hmm. – from no, where that, that yeah, was. so let's say they go, they make that that jump. What would we say that was ten? No, it went from it went twenty one games, and then the next year they went from fifty wins and to, all the way up to fifty five, which is still a hell of a jump when you're winning that many games. Yeah, and if then, they can make get make the outright playoffs, no playing stuff, make the outright playoffs, and and give somebody a series. That talk will probably return. Like they're about a year away, and they're going to start really contending. I think that I, I had what's realistic expectations. I think that's it. Top six, yeah. Not being in the play-in, yeah. yeah. And then thundered up like optimistic expectations would be host. Top four in the first round, yeah. I, I mean, that, on, that's the exp- I mean, I mean, I think that's. I don't think they're one of the best four in the West because the West is really good. But if you wanted to look at, you know, optimistic results, that would cut. That would mean you have to win fifty some, fifty ish games to earn a top four seed. That's pretty optimistic, right? But I think realistic, not being in the play in. I think that's a realistic expectation yeah, for this team. It would. <clears throat> Listen, it'd be nice having just any opportunity to be in the postseason, but there would be something in back of my mind to say if they're playing in a play-in game again, that's a disappointment. Well, it feels like they should be not just playing in the play-in game. If they don't win the play-in game, to that's that's to me a disappointment. Yeah, getting to a series, getting to a series, yeah, is like baseline. It feels like with what, and we never know what happens injury-wise. Oh, and all it's that. a long year. It's a but, long season. Yeah, baseline feels like even if you are in the play-in, you win, and then you're getting a series against one of the top two be real interesting i mean we're gonna have an eye on it and who knows they may just not even try i mean not they're not gonna tank by any stretch of the imagination but they they may just be a year away from really really trying everybody have a great thursday we'll be back tomorrow you've been listening to the skinny on sports podcast with aaron cow be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available thanks for listening